This is a Hot Pie Media Original. I can't believe Lil oh. Kim. It was Lil oh, Kim. Oh, Lil Kim. Yeah, yeah yes, Kim. okay. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, Big Mama thing. It, it was it was like the first, like, dick dick and pussy song. Like, and we were like, oh, my God, she just said, oh, you know, like, because I was young, and we were like, oh, my God, she used to be scared of the dick. Now she throw <laughs> lips at the shit, handled it like a real bitch. You know, like, I was like, oh, my fucking God, this is amazing. You know, so, like, WAP, I understand. It. That, that's like that. The, yeah. the feeling that I got from from that, from Lil' Kim. Yeah. I get it, man. People like young 20 something year olds are listening to WAP and they're like, oh shit, oh my God. Fucking, you know. Yeah. That's great. I love it, man. I love that. I love what Cardi B is doing. Uh I love that every three years we get one of those songs and people are still like <gasps> a gasp every time we get one of those songs. There's gotta like, be a great dick and pussy song for every generation, man. Yeah. Like, like that's gotta we gotta have it. Like Welcome to the gray area. Here's your host, Aaron Tito. Hey guys, welcome to the Gray Area Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Cheatham, and welcome to 2022. This is our first live episode of the year. Uh, by live, I mean we're here because uh, you're actually going to be watching this in the future, and this is in the past, so it's not necessarily live, but you understand what I'm saying, because last week we did an... Hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, if you guys checked out our last episode, it was the last of our series of uh, the Storytime series, and we read the Sneetches and other stories from Dr. Seuss. Uh, if you guys were a fan of that series, uh, thank you, first of all, uh, all four of you. And we can, we might bring it back. It's not gone, gone forever. But if you checked out last week's episode, uh, the last of our story time series, uh, let us know if you want to see any more of those. They're not going to be here, but they'll be like on, uh, we'll do like a live thing. We'll do like a Facebook live or an Instagram live and we'll continue reading stories over there. But uh, a lot of things are going to be changing here in, uh, in the gray area. Uh, big changes coming to the show. We're going to get into that more next week, but I want you guys to know about four or five weeks, there's going to be some big changes around here. Uh, so don't be surprised. And I'm letting you know in advance. So that way, when the shit happens, you can't be like, hey, what happened to the gray area? Not I'm telling you now, you got time to start calibrating in your brain that shit's going to change. Uh, so enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, but just know next week, we'll talk about it a little bit further. Also, uh, this week's game, hold on, I'm going to do something that doesn't look good on camera. Ha! This week, this month's game, we're playing Pandemic. So at the end of the month, uh, January 26th, we'll be uh, dropping our Pandemic episode. There's a fucking water ball in the way. Our Pandemic episode, we'll be playing Pandemic uh, on our great area gaming show of the month. It's a fun game. If you've never seen Pandemic or if you've never played Pandemic, uh, trust me, guys, it's not based on COVID. In fact, it feels like Fauci and them are following a shitty playbook from this game trying to take care of the pandemic. But if you haven't seen it before, it's from Z-Man Games, and it's a blast to play. And this will be the first time we're playing a game where um, it's not competitive as much as it's cooperative. We're all working together to solve this problem. So please stay tuned for that. End of this month, pandemic coming to the gaming channel. All right, then.
This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp assesses your needs and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with them in under 48 hours. Now, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. You, uh, That's where my eyes mess up, right there in that same spot. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash gray. That's BetterHelp.com slash gray, G-R-A-Y, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Special offer for gray area listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's BetterHelp.com slash gray, G-R-A-Y. BetterHelp.com slash gray. All right, guys, we have a guest in studio. Legit, one of my favorite people, uh, not only in Austin, but really one of my favorite people ever. Uh, fantastic musician. If you guys frequent restaurants where you have to char- pay uh, $50 a plate, you've probably heard him playing in the background. Uh, and little known black history fact, he's probably going to teach my daughter how to play guitar. So I got to have a lot of love for this dude. Uh, I'd like to welcome our guest to the gray area, Chris DeVore. Chris. How you doing? What's up, bro? How you doing? I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Um, you know what? Because it's like we don't have a chance to talk as as much as I like. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just bring you on the show. <laughs> and then we can do for the people what we do when we hang out anyways. Right. Which is just talk shit. And uh, and maybe I'll ask some questions about things that I'm interested in. But for the most part, like you've been trying to corner me down on some conversations. Uh, you've been trying to get my opinion on some stuff for a couple of years. And I've kind of dodged it uh, with good reason. With very good reason. Mm-hmm. Very good reason. Um, but... Musician extraordinaire, Chris DeVore. Well, thank you. Coming from the comedian extraordinaire. Oh. You're my favorite comedian in the whole world. Aaron Cheatham. You're my favorite. Amazing comedian. You're my favorite musician in this studio. Really? Yeah, legit. Really? There's about four of them in here. Well, I don't know. Do you want them to feel like kind of left out? No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You've seen, you've seen G's dreads. Mm-hmm. Those dreads, automatically, just by having dreads, he can do two things. He can turn invisible and kill people in the jungle. And... He could play the shit out of some steel drums. Yeah. He's yeah. a legit, just off top, just because of the dreads. You get that comes with the dreads. You grow them, and automatically that's your superpower. That's the ability you're given. That is incredibly intimidating. <laughs> Which one, the first or the second? Uh, both. Both? Quite honestly. Yeah. Well, if you see three red dots circling around <laughs> my head. <laughs> I love, dude, don't even bring up Predator. Because yeah. Predator is like one of my favorite animal being things in the universe. I love Predator. Predator 1 or Predator 2? No, I love Predator. I love the idea of Predator. Okay. It is a killer alien with an honor system. And I love it. I love it. I love Predator. Okay. You know what? I can't even argue that. 
I was looking for a joke, but I thought, you know what? I'm not even going to do it. No, no, I'm dead serious. I'm not even going to do it. I love Predator. I love Predator. Yeah? Predator only kills killers. Is that what his code was? You know that? You don't know I didn't, that? I didn't. I guess. Oh, dude. And, and it goes deeper than I that. I guess I missed that part it of it. It goes deeper than that. In Predator 2, a female cop like goes after Predator, after Predator kills all these people on a subway car because yeah. they're all armed. Right. Predator only kill armed people who are, or people who are like major threats. Okay. Like they come to Earth to hunt humans as game mm -hmm. and they are looking for the baddest ass humans to kill and take their skulls as trophies yeah that's kind of that's kind of so this female cop goes after predator right in predator 2 danny glover i love that movie I, I, that's my favorite predator if i, I love it one. i love it i love it and he he stops her grabs her and then he gives her a scan and realizes she's pregnant and even though oh, she yeah. has a gun even though she has a gun even though she's uh, she's like a super cop, you know, she's part of like the elite unit of cops. Uh, even though she has a gun and she's going after him and she's a threat, he still won't kill her. Right. Because the predator code, man. And he knows that she can't kill him. That's also a plus. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you know, he, predator kills a lot of people who are just armed. Like well, he, predator kills all those people on the subway. They're not necessarily threats, but they're armed. Well, I'm saying... She's armed, and he, he lets her go, but he's not afraid if I turn my back, this bitch is going to kill me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's like, you couldn't, even if you want it, you can't. Predator's still cautious and smart, and I think Predator respects her for being a part of an elite cop unit. And also, I don't know that gender matters that much to Predator. Predator yeah. might not even fully understand. I don't know that uh, gender. Gen, uh, predator, predator might be gender neutral. Right, right. I, I keep wanting to say he, but Predator is just Predator. They. Yeah, they, them. Yep, yep. Us. Yep. We. Uh, I wish. God, you know what? If I don't we were want predators. Us. Yeah. Right. Dude, that'd be awesome. To be a predator. Yeah. Okay. So, would you rather be a predator or alien? Oh, a predator, dude. Aliens are stupid. Aliens are mindless creatures that just, you know, hunt and feed I, or do whatever they. Do. I mean, they're just predators are. But the queen was like a bad bitch. Yeah, but still, all she does is lay eggs and uh, eat and. She's chained, like, I don't know who chained her up, but uh, what, you know. You like, mean like every woman. Oh, <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, God. Don't go there. Don't go there. I told you, after 10 minutes, the show falls apart. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, if, if you're going to go there, I'm going to talk about your New Balances. I'm not wearing New Balances. Uh -huh, yeah, no, sure, sure. Of course not. Of course uh, not. I'm not wearing the, New those Balances. Actually, those aren't the actual shoes that he's wearing. He just has those on the floor next to him. It, oh really? Yeah, he's actually wearing New Balance shoes. It, this like, isn't the first time they're, they're like yellow. They're yellow and white New Balance shoes. They are the dadliest shoes. Don't fucking on put the that planet. Kawhi Leonard shit on me. <laughs> don't you fucking Kawhi me. Even though I do have some Kawhi looking braids under this hat right now, do not Kawhi me. God damn it! <laughs> Holy shit, we just spent seven minutes on uh the Predator. And predator and, is worth a, a lot more than that. Okay, what what about the one with um Shania Lathan, the the one in the temple? Oh, Alien versus Predator? Alien versus Predator. I love Alien versus Predator. Well, didn't they do a sequel to that one too? They did, and it breaks a little bit of Predator code in that one, but kind of does and doesn't because there's the Predalien, you know, the the Predalien. Yeah, yeah. The Predator and uh, Oh, the Predalien. An alien impregnates a Predator and makes a Predalien, which kills indiscriminately, unlike a Predator, which kills very discriminately, only kills threats and badasses. The Predalien kills a bunch of babies in that movie like i don't know if you have you have you seen it i've seen it but here's the thing like i and you're gonna get into this like i don't remember i have a really good memory but when it comes to like movies and stuff and even music 
like I remember the overall thing, kind of. But unless it's something I've watched like 20 times, then I know I've seen it. I know I remember it. I remember Shania Lathan and them sliding down the thing. Mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. The, I remember the movie, but like particular specific parts or even specific plot points, I may not remember. So, right, right. Well, I only remember it if I love it. And I love Alien versus Predator. Okay. Alien versus Predator 2 is, it's it's fine. But Alien versus Predator 1, the one you're talking about, I love that movie because it's also like an adventure movie. Yes. Like Indiana Jones. You go underground to this temple that's under the ice, you know, in, in Antarctica. Yes. I love that kind of adventure. Which is a real place, by the way. The temple under the sure, ice in course, Antarctica. Of yeah. course. I've been course. there. You have. In a previous life. Nice. Yeah. I would love to go there. I'll take you sometime. I would love. I'm going to be extra careful, though. <laughs> We're for gonna the stick, we're going to stick together. Predalians? No, no, Predalians are in the sequel, so we don't have to worry about them okay. in the temple. So, okay, here we go. Alien versus Predator versus Freddy versus Jason. Oh, dude, Freddy versus Jason is undoubtedly one of the worst movies ever made. All right, cool. All it's, right. Freddy versus Jason is such a bad movie, I can't even laugh at it. Like, Jason X is amazing. It's it's bad, but I love it. It's bad in all the right ways. Freddy versus Jason is bad in all the bad ways. I'm I'm not a big horror movie guy, right? Uh, but I've because uh, Nightmare on Elm Street fucked me up when I was a kid, like fucked me up solid. And uh, so I didn't really get down with the Freddy Krueger shits, and I never liked the Jason shit. But I did watch Jason X, and because I, I, when I got older, I was like, I ain't no bitch. I'm gonna watch this, and I tried, and I just. I la- I laughed. I'm I'm yeah. the guy. I'm the guy that in a movie theater, if I go like to a or even in a haunted house, I, I laugh through my f- scare. You know what I'm saying? Like well, you, Jason X, I would say is 75 percent comedy. I laughed my ass off in Jason. Yeah, X. Yeah, it's it's a funny movie. It's it it's it is mostly comedy. I think. Yes, yes. And then Freddy versus Jason. That was one I could watch because I was like, I kind of just want to see these. I felt like I want to see some badass shit. I want to see these dudes go at it. If y'all are supposed to be the king of scaring and shit, like I, it's a dude thing. I think my pride was like, I got to see which one of these motherfuckers wins. Right. right? Same thing with Alien versus Predator. And then I saw Sinai Lathan was in it. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going for Sinai Lathan because I love me some Sinai Lathan. Like she's shit. Do you even? I, I have no idea who she is, but I, I if she's the main chick in Alien versus the Predator, black chick, then I know who she is. Yes, she also did um out of she time. Was, she was very mediocre and perfect for that movie. Yeah, she's perfect for that movie. She was. She was. She's, she's it requires perfect. a very mediocre person don't, don't who's like, this. I'm the guide and don't I'm in charge. I'm in charge this. of your lives and you do what I say don't and it's my this. way or the highway. Don't do blah this. blah blah. Well I'm just saying her role. The role that she don't, the role don't, of her character don't shit on is, is a lame role. It's don't a, shit on Sanai Lathan. It's not her. It's not her fault. She didn't she didn't write it. She didn't come you, up with the you, role. You just Put her out there like she's mediocre. I'm she is not, not mediocre. I, Have you seen Love and Basketball? I'm saying she was perfect for her mediocre role. That's what I'm saying. Out of time with Denzel, <laughs> and she was hot. That's that's about ninety percent of her character is. Hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. That's, hot, hot and badass. Pr- pretty badass. I mean, uh, you know what? I'll be I'll be one hundred percent honest. Yeah. So Nia Lathan is um, she is the B level Rosario Dawson. That's who Sinai Lathan is. Like the the roles that Rosario Dawson is like, nah, I'm good. I'm gonna go do clerks. Then they go, okay, we'll call Sinai up. And then Sinai Lathan gets those roles. Or she did for a while. I don't know what she's doing now. Hopefully she's thinking about coming to find the guy that's defending her honor right now. That'd be fantastic if uh-huh. she came to okay. back up the dude that's defending 
So you're a musician, huh? <laughs> <laughs> eh, kind of. <laughs> We've had this conversation a bunch about like the difference between artists and musicians. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and I, I like to think of you as an artist. But you I, know, my, my, my opinion's changed over time. Has it really? Uh, yes, because I realize musicians do what they're told to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't ever do what I'm told to do. I don't ever do what I'm asked to do. I only do what I want to do. So I guess that makes me kind of an artist. Because I tried to tell you, I, ca- I called you an artist before, and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of a, mu- I'm a musician. You right. Kinda, you kind of corrected me on that. Yeah, and I felt that way for a long time. When did that change happen? Uh, you know, I guess we all grow up over time mm-hmm. in little bits, some of us. Obviously, I obviously I did. I did. I, you know, I can't speak for anyone anyone else in this room. Uh, Kayla, grow up. <laughs> but you know, uh, so so my thing was, you know, a musician is somebody who understands music, who who can play real music. An artist is somebody who can just arbitrarily create. You know, this was my old opinion. Like to be an artist, all you need to do is pollock some paint on a canvas you don't have to know what you're doing you can just strum some whatever you know whatever saying and and you can call it art right you can call anything a turd in foil i tell my kids that all the time there's no mistakes in art just do it it's art sure anything anything can be art so you know for for a long time i think i i thought you know okay i play like a lot of jazz standards i don't really play original music so that, first of all, that means I'm not an artist, right? If I don't write my own, create my own music, I play jazz standards. I play the song that I played today is a Russian folk song. Uh, you know, I'm playing all covers, basically. So I was like, that makes me a musician because artists create. Uh, but over time, I think I've come to realize that, you know, another part of the distinction is what, uh, what I choose to do, what what, what I uh, – what I actually do is what I want, and I think that makes me an artist because musicians get told to play Christmas songs. You know, They're like, I want you to come play Tom Petty, I want you to, and then I want you to play Christmas songs, and then I want you to play you know, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey at the end of the set, you know? and mm-hmm. that's what musicians do. And here's the music and play it, right? And that's not me. You know, I, I, don't, I don't do that, and I don't play with ensembles. I don't, you know, I'm not the guitar for hire that'll come play in your blues band or whatever you want. You know, I only do what I want to do. And I guess that makes me an artist because I want to do what I do with sincerity. I want to love what I do. I want to do it with sincerity. I don't want to be fake about it. I don't like playing things that I don't want to play. And I want to put on the best performance that I can. I'll, I'll tell you another distinction is that an artist, a musician will play it and it sounds just like every other version or rendition of a song an artist makes it their own whether it's a cover or not an artist makes it their own ray charles uh america the beautiful Mm -hmm. made it his own you know what i'm saying and every time and there's so many examples of people who did a song that's been around forever but when you think of that song you think of them and that version that they did because they made it their own and i and in that in that definition you're 100% an artist because when you play music it doesn't sound like everybody else's version of that song it's you playing that song. It's your version. It's you just feeling it and loving it, f- living that song or that moment, I should say, actually. You know, it's, it doesn't feel recorded. I don't think that if I watch you do the song you just performed again, that it's going to feel exactly the same as it did today. You know, the next time you do it, it'll probably feel different. You know what I'm saying? Like every moment is like, I'm a, I'm a comedian. I might perform the same set every day this week. 
but I guarantee you it's not going to feel like the same set every day this week. You watch me do a set in a house up in fucking Pflugerville in front of 15 people with pizza being ordered. I did that same set a week later. It didn't feel nothing like that. It's completely different, you know, because an artist is just a musician or uh, a, a musician. And I'm, I, I don't know, like an equivalent to other art genres of I guess every genre has a version of musician versus artist. But it will probably be the same every time I hit this quarter note, hit this half note, whole note, rest three measures, come back in. Nah, that's not what you Well, do. you'd be surprised that like a lot of my, all my sets are kind of the same every time. The energy's not uh, though. Yeah. It, it, energy depends on the people that I have around me. I mean, and a, that's, and a musician will play it straight to the beat every time an artist fills it and gives them what they want, gives them what's in them that day. If you're having a shitty day, you're having a bad day. Probably don't sound the same as when you're having a great fucking day. You know, you'll give them a good performance either way, but the energy is different. The intent behind the music is different. I can, I'm just speaking from myself as an artist, uh, that perspective, because I know I'll do the same set. I can do the same set, but my energy dictates how this is going to come off. And, and then also the crowd's energy. You know, I can't go up there and be like, yo, da, 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 and yelling and being loud with a crowd that's very small and intimate and quiet. You know, I have to match their energy in order for the uh, what I'm doing to relate to them. And I think you do a very good job of that as well. Yeah, you give what you got. Yeah, for sure. And then we saw a really badass van that night. Like that van was <laughs> dope. <laughs> People don't usually say that. Yeah, that was a really rare. We saw a really badass windowless <laughs> van, van <laughs> driven by some Asian guy. With duct tape inside. Yeah, lots and lots it, it of was, duct it tape. It was really awesome. Yeah. Like, gosh. Yeah. No toilet, but lots of duct tape. <laughs> it's always the quiet one. It's always the quiet one. I, I talked to him about that van like a, like a week ago or so. I was like, oh, it was really dope that you just, you know, check out your van or whatever. He was like, he kind of gave me this thing like I was being weird. I was like, you. You're the fucking dude that pulled up to a house and showed us your van. Like, how am I the weird one right now? The fuck is that about? But I feel that that dude, I feel that way about him all the time. Hans? Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're, here we go. <clears throat> Hans Kim, we're talking to you. Like, your van is dope, but you kind of do give off Predator vibes. Not uh, like little uh, kid Predator vibes, but like... If I'm homeless in Austin and I saw your van pulled up, my booty cheeks would clinch up. Those yeah, type of yeah, vibes. Yeah, no, no, like chloroform is his friend. Because, <laughs> you know, he ain't taking anybody by force, right? Yeah, like, he's, no, 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 no. So, so, you know, chloroform, dart, blow dart gun, you know, that kind of, that well, kind of thing, you know. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody, but he is Asian, so it's probably smoke bomb. Uh, There's that. Yeah, yes, because yeah. he's got mad ninjas, just boom, smoke bomb, you're gone. Dark wing duck. Just like that. Just like that. Yep. Can I yep. ask you another question, a random question about music? What's that? Why does, why are we getting old or does music kind of suck now? I think about that all the time. And yes, I think music started sucking in the 90s. So it's not uh, so much a we're old and these kids. But we are, but, but we are old. I mean, you know, 90s is like almost classic rock. At this point, it is. Yeah. I mean, shit, it's been 30 years. At this point, it is classic yeah. rock. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so weird, like, that, you know, uh, the garbage that I hated in the 90s is now, like, the music of my generation. You mean the band garbage? 
Well, that, yeah, garbage. <laughs> I remember when that album came out, my friend got talked into buying it. He was going to buy concert tickets, and the guy at the register was like, hey, have you heard Garbage? Have you, this is their album. You should buy. He totally talked my friend into buying it, and he put it on, and we all hated it, and he felt like a sucker, which he was. He got suckered by the, by have, the guy at Waterloo Records to one, buying that. One good song on there? I didn't. What was their big song? I forgot. That that says a lot. Hold on. Was it the I would die for you? I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna type in garbage single, and it's not even. I'm garbage. Is that the I would die for you song? Is that that garbage? I don't know. I I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Hold on. Only happy when it rains. Crush. Uh, Crush. Is that a? G, do you know garbage? Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess only happy when it rains or number one. It says number one crush. Yep. All right. So they're garbage. Yeah. Well, you know, there, I think there is a balance of like we're getting older and music is getting worse. I mean, so this is a thing that I've been thinking of for a long time. I think the Beatles, I want to say two things. One, Beatles changed music forever. Two, Anchorman changed comedies forever. And I think they did it in the same way. How? After the Beatles came out, I think the Beatles were the first bass player, drummer, guitar player, singers, like that first format of band to become incredibly popular, right? Before then, you had horn sections, you had bands with pianists, you had jazz bands, <clears throat> you had vocal groups. I think, you know, they, they were the first big rock band. There's no disputing that. They were the first super famous rock band of all time. So I think... After the Beatles hit success, Wait, producers and are you, companies... Are you, are you skipping past the Beach Boys? Well, <laughs> I think producers and companies were trying to recreate that. And yeah. Beach Boys may have very well been the first run of trying to catch that Beatles mania. Uh, I mean, there, there's... I think after them, everybody wanted that format. Okay. I think they changed music. But the I, way the Jackson 5 changed R&B. Sure, yeah. Uh, you know the, the way a lot of things, but but there's there's few bands like the Beatles. Continue. Like there's few acts or bands that are as famous as the Beatles. You know, I really can't think of another band uh, or any musician that's as famous as the Beatles were. I mean, they were so famous. Michael Jackson was phenomenal and 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 incredibly famous, but the Beatles still. Just kind of, they were the biggest thing around. I think they were one of the biggest things ever. Now, I'm not a huge Beatles fan. I love, Beatles is great. I can listen to Beatles. And, uh, I can name you a lot of their songs and ones that I like and ones that I don't like. And I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but I think that they changed music forever. And they turned the music industry into this dragon chasing kind of thing, you know, where producers and companies are looking for that. Again, they want to find that again. And they do that over and over and over and over. You know, and Michael Jackson, they found one and they latched onto him and, and they made him, you know, because money really is a huge advantage in any industry. But in the music industry, you know, if you want to play at the biggest theaters and venues, they cost money. You know, all the big acts pay to play, you know, to play at Stubbs probably cost 20, 30 grand to have Stubbs. Right. You know, and uh and I'm talking about, you know, the your stage, your lighting, the place itself is probably five, ten grand just to have the area. Staffing. You know, and then you want to make 
hopefully a hundred grand in ticket sales, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, that's where the big money is. And that's where the big show is. And then you pay a bunch of money for marketing to put butts in that place. Mm -hmm. You know, you advertise, advertise to the tourists in the area, to the people who are already fans of the genre, fans of the band, fans of stubs, you know, the, the more money you put into it. So people, record companies figure that out after the Beatles and just, they're looking for the next big thing. And I think once a big thing comes out, then they're looking for the next one of that. Like they've just been chasing, you know, the next big thing for a really long time. Uh, so in recent times, you know, whoever, whatever's on the radio now, whatever garbage is around is a product of, a, of, of whatever came before it. Of 60 years of them chasing the dragon. Well, and, or of just 10 of a, gen, you know, of, of generations of years of them chasing the dragon, you know? Maybe they're looking for the next Jason Derulo now, or they're looking for the next. I actually kind of like Jason Derulo, uh, or they're looking for the next whoever. You know, they were looking for the next Nicki Minaj, uh, and then they were looking for the next this or that. You know, they're just trying to keep it rolling and and find the next big thing. I mean, I think so. I think what you get is a lot of kind of cheap imitation music. Well, to, to and that, it all gets watered down over time. To that point, know? it's like a copy of a copy. Right. You know, you get about 13 copies in, it's like this is kind of a really distorted version of the original and product. What we all loved, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. To that, and, to that point, it makes really, sense. Really, I think Michael Jackson might be, you know, what we hear now today might be like the 13th or 15th rendition of watered down Michael Jackson kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Because it is the pop R&B you know, pop R&B with a little bit of rap mixed in, you know, the music, the popular music now is that kind of dance combination, catchy. right? Kind yeah. of rappy, kind of dancey, you know, kind of R&B. Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely, I think, in the R&B realm, uh, not the original R&B realm, but in that realm. Uh, and All right, it, hold on. Uh, let me ask you this. Then. I'm going to ask you to, to use your brain. The best, what do you think was the best, Beatles copy or rendition as we go down the line or whatever like I'm thinking for Michael Jackson like they probably should have stopped when they found Usher you know what I'm saying when they found Usher that was like the time to stop and they kept I, going they kept going I like Jason Derulo I mean I, I, I'll i be honest with you I, I like I just like his style I think he's got good style there's there's newer music I've never like. I've never got into Jason Derulo uh, you know I, I I think he's I think he's pretty you know he's what about he, the weekend you know I hated the weekend at first me too because of that the five in the morning booty call song. The right? the the Fifty Shades of Grey song? Is it is it? Is that know, is the, that the song from or is that actual song Five in the Morning Booty Call? Yeah, it's like the five in the morning booty call. Do you know what how does it go? You only call me when it's half past five. Oh, that song. The only time I really heard. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was like, okay, it's kind of catchy, but it's dumb, you know, and it's like this it just promotes this culture of lameness you know i mean it's young booty calls it's young you know, lame about a booty call. well i mean being drunk at five in the morning booty call you know i only want you when i'm wasted at five in the morning it's a very young thing to relate to but it's kind of dumb you sang know. that song to my wife every weekend <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's what i sang to her on my wedding day okay? on the wedding day yes yes i only call you when it's half past right five yeah uh but now, man, the weekend is is kind of the weekend's doing like a really hipster retro thing. I mean, but I also don't mind it. It's it's really good and catchy. So I, I do I do kind of I like the new stuff. I do also tell my wife that uh, I can't feel my face when I'm with her. Yeah, 
just <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be sleeping on the couch for the whole rest of the month of January. <laughs> but I didn't know I knew that much weekend until right now. I was like, oh shit, I actually know a few weekend songs. Once she said that, I was like, oh, that's right, that is the weekend. And I know like five weekend songs. Yeah. Yeah. There, a lot of them are, are really, really catchy and and really good. I mean, there's there's still good stuff coming out, in my opinion. Uh I don't think that like so like you the 90s is pretty much my peak 90s early 2000s is uh is is like my shit right it's been mostly R&B 90s early 2000s 80s too like from yeah yeah 80s to early 2000s R&B some hip hop uh pop shit um forgot what the fuck I was going to say so continue you know <laughs> you when too, like, when 50 cent came out I was like, God, I hate this guy. He sucks. I can't stand him. He's such a he's such a poser, man. He's what, just a, He's just a gangster who's like trying to be, you know, I, like I had all these opinions. He it was new and I hated it. But now, up against the rap that's out there now, when I hear 50 Cent, I'm like, shit, there it is. I'm like, that's there, what I was there, there fucking is right that's... there. But this is this is the shit right here, y'all. Like, listen to this. This is this is rap music. Like, this is, you know, but it's funny how that that definitely changes over time. You know, I hear Ying Yang Twins now, and I'm like, "That's my okay, shit." Okay, okay, but I hated it when it came out. I, I hated it. I hated it. Well, I we, didn't okay. like Little John, or excuse me, Little John. Say I didn't right. like like that early 2000s stuff. I hated it. I was such a purist. I was like, Jay Z and Biggie are all that you know. KRS One, and, and of course, all the good Houston stuff at the time. Everybody, you know, they are all that is. So, and all these new guys are just poppy. You know, th that's what they were. Ying and Twins, Lil John, 50 Cent. It was this pop garbage. It was this pop rap. That, this, this, that, like this, this is what I was I was going to say, is that uh, like my era was like 90s, early 2000s. And now I'm listening to this stuff. I'm like, I don't see like I'm, I'm a, I grew up on real baby making music. Right. I grew up going to the club where people really danced their asses off in the club, you know, where we really got down like. The kid and play era wasn't that far gone by the time I was hitting the club. We were still partying like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you left a party sweaty, you know, and and it, yes, you were trying to get some booty. But more important was we were going to have a good fucking time tonight. And I just don't see like how this music like in, like in, I don't see how you can listen to this and do those things. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't I don't hear any good baby making music right now. The weekend's probably the closest thing we have to like baby. Somebody's dropping baby making music, him and Trey songs. And ain't nobody fucked to Trey songs in at least 10 years. Right. Right. You know what I'm I saying? I was going to say like, he's, he's a decade behind. Yeah. So it's like, where, where, where is that? And maybe it's just because I'm older and I can't relate to it, but like, I don't see how people are dancing their asses off and getting sweaty to the shit that's out now. I, look, I, I love dance music. I didn't before I was sober, uh, which is nine years sober now as of December 28th. Congrats. Uh, before I was sober, I hated all electronic music except rap music like beats. Mm -hmm. rap, rap and beats was OK because the quality of rhythm and tone that rappers have, I can appreciate as a musician. Right. But electronic music, purely electronic music, I hated it. I despised it. I was like, that's not real music. It's garbage. And then when I got sober, for some reason, I started going downtown to dance clubs, right? And I just really got, and for like a solid year, I was going and dancing every night. I was going to all the dance clubs. Really? And dancing all night and sweating my ass off every night. This is when I was like 150 pounds because I was going 
dancing every night, just sweating every night to house music, drum and bass music, dubstep mixed in. I was about to like say that's when this. that's when the shit fell off for me. Like dubstep was kind of when I for me I noticed the turn because like we never came back from dubstep. Yeah, but dubstep's not so much a thing now. But it's look, not, but what it created kind of took us away from the shit that we like that I we grew love, up on. I love dubstep, but it's got to be less than like a minute of dub. Like I, I, I can't listen to five minutes of dubstep of one song, right? But when you got a good DJ who's mixing, yeah, like absolutely. some house and some drum and bass, and mm -hmm. mixes some dubstep into it, and then mixes some dubstep with some rap, and like right. some of the my favorite DJs and my favorite stuff to go downtown. A lot of it was at Plush, man. Their DJs they mix hip hop. Dubstep, drum and bass—they they mix it all together. I love a hip hop cumbia mix. Anybody? Yeah, no, that's great. Anybody that can mix cumbias and hip hop and go back and forth between that—you know, those genres—and throw some dubstep in there—that's my fucking party. There's a lot of great danceable music uh, now. I I would venture to say there's more great danceable music now than there was in the '90s. Shut up, no, dude. I, I no, yeah, because electronic music, the beats that are out. It, there's there's so much of it and it grinds. It really does. You know what part of it is for me too is that like we we had our standard bearers back in our day, right? Like you knew that if like we knew who the top guys were, we knew if they dropped an album, like yo, I got to hear the new single, all that. I have no idea. There's so many people out now. The market's been flooded with so much stuff. Look, I don't that, I don't even know where to good, go to that's find. That's a good and bad thing. It's a good thing because we're not being told who to like. And it's that's the thing about the record industry with the Beatles is they wanted to have control and tell everybody, this is who you listen to, this is who you like, and this is who you buy. Mm -hmm. And the record industry, now that everybody can make their own recordings, now that there's more independent record labels, now that, that you know, there's not four major record labels that do everything, now everybody's got a record label. Now there's not one old fucking white guy telling you what to like because that's what it was for a long time was the executives of these record companies saying, this is our new guy or gal, and this is what you're going to buy, and this is what you're going to like, and this mm -hmm. is what you're going to listen mm -hmm. to. So now, yeah, there's a lot more garbage, but there's a lot more freedom too, and there's a lot more choice involved. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's a give or take. I, I hear that, but at the same time, when I'm trying to keep up with, because I don't want to completely just shit on it. I don't want to be that guy. All this shit sucks. I want to find the good stuff, but it's really hard to find the good stuff if there's so much stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like it's hard to sure, sift through it sure, all. Sure. Cause if you sit there and you sit like I've, I've legit like been on, um, on a, I had title for a little while and I would go like to rap caviar and I would just like listen or even on Spotify, like I'll listen to like, you know, what's hot, the mix. Right. Cause I want to know what's hot. I want to still listen and shit. But it's like, when you sit, it's like going to an open mic and you got to sit through 30 shitty open mic comics to get to that one person that you actually fuck with. That's how it, it it's, that's a slow death. Right. And I feel the same way when I'm sitting there and I was like, I don't know. So I have to listen to everything to try to find the thing that I like. Sure. And I have to listen to so much bad that it's like, you can only listen to bad or shit you don't like for so long. And I only have six skips cause I'm not paying for premium. So after that six skip, I got to just sit there and listen to the bullshit. And there's like, this is all terrible. You know what? Fuck it. I'm just going back to my old playlist. Whitney Houston, start at the top, let's go. You know? And I and so I found myself just listening to more of the shit that I grew up on and like actually deep diving. Like over the past two years, I've been like deep diving more into the music that was hot when I was a kid that maybe I missed. I've been jamming some Peebo Bryson like a motherfucker lately. Like I'm, I've been going back and like just rediscovering things from my childhood, early adulthood 
because it's so hard to find something that I dig, or maybe I just, I just don't want to put into work. Sometimes I would like for the white man to tell me what I'm supposed to be listening to. You know, and, and that's why I listen to the radio, to the FM and mm-hmm. while I'm driving. Yeah. 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 So I get, cause I love, I love that Doja Cat song, which uh, don't not fuck kiss, with Doja Cat. Kiss me more. The kiss me more song. It's, I love it. It's got a great rhythm. It's da, upbeat. Da, da, da. It, the that, way that, that she raps is like, it's almost, she, I think she's very, uh, see, I have an appreciation for Nicki Minaj too, in a way. I love the way. Nicki or Cardi? Who do you prefer? I like Nicki Minaj. We've actually, I've had this discussion with my wife. I think Nicki's got the better flow. I think Cardi's got good style. I think she, especially, I, I love that she did WAP and she introduced, because we had Big Mama thing, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Big Mama thing. The, used to be scared of the dick. Now I throw lips at the shit handled it like a real bitch you know what i'm talking about like that was our that, jam. no no mine was my neck my back well okay before that was big mama thing i don't remember and that she was no, on no, she no. was on biggie's label and she dude oh, yeah. that that song big was, mama uh, thing i think it was called big mama thing yeah yeah it was uh oh god like the name sounds familiar but like but you it's were just a, kicking it's a big mama thing uh oh god what's your name babe I can't believe Lil oh. Kim. It was Lil oh, Kim. Oh, Lil Kim. Yeah. yeah yes. Kim. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Big Mama thing. It, it was. It was like the first like dick, dick and pussy song. Like, and we were like, oh my god, she just said, oh, you know, like, because I was young, and we were like, oh my god, she used to be scared of the dick. Now she throw <laughs> lips at the shit, handled it like a real bitch. You know, like I was like, oh my fucking god, this is amazing. You know, so like WAP, I understand that. That's like that. The, yeah. the feeling that I got from from that from Lil Kim, yeah, I get it, man. People like young twenty something year olds are listening to WAP and they're like, "Oh shit, oh my god, fucking," you know. Yeah, that's great. I love it, man. I love that. I love what Cardi B is doing. Uh, I love that every three years we get one of those songs and people are still like, <gasps> a gasp every time we get one of those songs. There's got to like, be a great dick and pussy song for every generation, man. Yeah. Like, like that's got it. We got to have it, like. Somebody's got my knob like corn on the cob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except, except three six mafia is like some fucking shit that no one, you know. Only dude, they're they're not a big they're not a big name. They're just not. So uh, high till I die. Hit, hit they're the Grammy Grammy award they, they, winning. They did, but most people haven't heard "Beat Them Hose Down" or "Long and Hard." The dick, yeah. the dick. That like most people haven't heard. Fair enough. The fair three enough. six mafia lick my nuts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> suck my butt. Yes. Suck my balls. Lick my nuts. Wait, wait, wait like, hold on. Most people don't know the real Three Six Mafia. They know the commercial. They know they like tear the club up. They know like five percent of Three Six Mafia. They don't know beat them hose down. They've never heard a song dedicated to beating hookers up so that they so that they obey you. Like they don't. <laughs> no, they, they don't. People don't know the real Three Six Mafia. They only you know because there's two Three Six Mafias. There's this little one that's like hey. Everybody, oh, they grind, and then there's the real Three Six Mafia. That right. is the filthiest butt sucking. You know, when, when it was an actual mafia, not just yeah, Juicy it's, J. It's, it's awful shit. It's awful, awesome. Actually, be, terrible I, shit. I, I will say this: before them, though, before them, before Little Kim was the original, the Two Live Crew. Sure, absolutely, Two Live Crew. And to this day, if Two Live Crew comes on. I'm going to listen <laughs> at the detriment of my children. Like, <laughs> well, and, and a lot of Too Short. Too oh. Short had cocktails. Did you ever hear cocktails? Yes. Yeah, dude. Yes. Cocktails back in the day. I was like, oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. Like, no. Uh, I was Two Live Crew was, that was that was the first shock and awe. Like, sure, sure. Yeah. Somebody say, uh, we want. <laughs> ears get covered and shit. Like, 
We don't two live two live crew was every, was every couple of years we get one of those. Sure, sure, sure. So look, Nicki Minaj, I just think she has better flow, man. The first the the stupid bottoms up song. Again, I kind of hated it when I heard it on the radio the first time. Mm-hmm. But Nicki Minaj's flow is, you know, she's fast, she's clean, she's uh, really, she's versatile. She's really unique. She's got a unique thing that people are copying now, like Doja Cat. Mm-hmm. I think copies Nicki Minaj a lot of ways with like that real cutesy, like you know, which also Missy Elliott a little bit. Uh, but Facts. but Facts. I think you know, I think she uh, Nicki Minaj left a, a mark on 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 female rappers. Top five uh, female rappers all time. Oh God, dude. Well, first of all, the chick in uh, Masterpiece chick. The oh, chick, Mia X. Yeah. Dude, she, I love her. Dude, so hard. I like, love her. I love her. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yes. Like, she's just one of my all-time favorites. Lil' Kim will always be, I'll always have a special place for Lil' Kim. Because okay. she was also, like, the first, like, dirty bitch rapper. Like, she, you know. She was the first real, like, superstar female rapper. And she was Biggie's crew. Yeah. Junior Mafia. But is there have been female MCs before? You right. know, there have been Latifah, there have been MC Light, but nobody. She was the first one that had a person that that type of charisma, that type of personality that like you had to stop and listen. If you saw, you saw Lil Kim on TV, it was like stop flipping the channels. What the fuck is Lil Kim doing? I got to see yep. what Lil Kim is doing. So all right, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, I, you know, this might surprise you, but I like Eve. I really love is blind. Was a big like love is blind came and I was like, damn, like I really like the structure of the song. I like that she kills this dude that's beating her friend. I like the story. I like her flow. So I went and bought her album. Mm-hmm. I bought it at Walmart. And I did not know at the it time. It was edited? I had no idea that it was going to be edited. And I was so fucking pissed. But I listened to it anyway until I got the unedited version. But I listened to that whole album. And like... That I, was on the first one, right? <clears throat> I think it's her only. No, she had two. She did? Yeah, okay, she, yeah. she had the it one was, with Tambourine. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it was her first album. Yeah. I really... I love it. I love it. Uh, so, in, uh, I mean, on the top of the pyramid, by all means, above all others, is Lauren Hill. Um, and I do consider her a rapper, man. Superstar on Miseducation is like one of my favorite flows. I'm, I, Talent-wise, yeah. But, I mean, part of being, for me, part of being at the top is like having a real catalog. And she doesn't have a real catalog. She's got... The Fuji's album, and she has. I don't even mis- care about Fuji's. I uh, so if you're just going off of the miseducation, miseducation of Lauren Hill, is which enough. is a great fucking it is, album, it is enough. It's it a, is. It is enough. Is it? I mean, it I, is. I, obviously, it is. obviously, it is because people are still clamoring for Lauren Hill. It is enough. Like I like um, I had this whole big deal last year when CM Punk came back to wrestling. Yeah, been out seven years. The dude ain't wrestling in seven years. He came back, and I'm ecstatic. And I feel like in the hip hop community that there are people that feel that same way about Lauren Hill. Like if she comes back, it's going to make somebody's year, you know, I, I, I will be all over it, but and I just, does. I, for me, that's that one album isn't enough for me. And okay. But uh, Uji's I, I'm not crazy about white clap, right? Uh, I'm not crazy. But about Nas, Yeah, I'm with you, but her work on Nas's album, that also bumps her up, man, because that's a, as you know, I think yeah, that is a contender for. The world. I think that's a contender for one of the greatest rap albums know, of you, all time. You love Even though I don't think Nas is one of the best rappers, he's he's up there. He's not. He's just not one of the top ten, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I think, agree. With I that. think that album is one of the best. I would say that's in the top five, maybe top three best rap albums of all time. It's such Nomadic. a strong. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's such a strong album, and Lauren Hill being on it is so amazing. Like that, she's. 
a big part of what makes it so amazing. Uh, and then, but Miseducation, man, like her flow on Superstar, totally dissing Wyclef. It's an amazing flow. All of her, that whole album is full of rhythmical magic singing. That's like, I love it. I love it. And then the hit song, Doo-Wop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that now that'll get me dancing all night. Like, I love it. I love, I love her flow in that song. I like, no, I, that, yeah, that's a great flow in that song. Dude, it's a fucking badass flow in that song. Man. Yeah. Like she is a fucking badass. And I, I, I think that is the best rap song of its year. What year was that? 96? Something like that. 96, 97, 96, 97, 97 98. Were you looking at it? Miseducation. Miseducation. I think that was 96. G, do you know? Do you know who Lauren I'm Hill is? I'm gonna say Jane? 98. I do. Okay, because you're from the islands and stuff, so I, I assume you would know. You might know her personally. You you know where we can find her? <laughs> Tell her get her ass out here, sing a song. I'll make some phone calls. Make some phone calls. Pull some strings. 98. 98. Oh oh. 98. Thank you. Thank Hold you. on. So that's uh, the year Eminem came out. I don't. Yeah. You don't fuck with him. Look, I, Eminem is one of the most proficient rappers of all time. Okay, you ever heard of Ingve Malmstein? Who? Ingve Ingve Malmstein. Yes, I've he's heard the, the name. Swedish dope, who's an amazing guitar player. Yeah, he's an amazing shredder, neoclassically play, and he's like a major asshole, right? Uh, and he's a fucking great guitar player, uh, but he's not a great musician. He's not. Everybody dogs on him. He he's just incredibly proficient. You know, he's incredibly fast and incredibly precise, and he's an incredible guitar player. But he's not a great. He doesn't really make great. Are you about to say music. that's Eminem? Yeah, absolutely. I think Eminem is one of the most proficient, talented, gifted, virtuosic rappers. I could say a lot of things about Eminem. I think he's incredibly. He's a virtuoso. He's incredibly talented. He's incredibly gifted. He has an amazing sense of rhythm and a, an amazing ability to rhyme. A, an outstanding ability to rhyme. Maybe one of the best. Like he is one of the best proficient rappers of all time but not one of the best rappers of all time because music is more than how good you are at something technique uh yeah it's more than it's more than technique uh and that's kind of weak coming from me because i i focus a lot on technique but i really do put a lot of feeling into what i'm doing and a lot of people would say the same thing about me and that's fine because I'm doing what makes me happy. When I was young, I hated Stevie Ray Vaughan. I was like, Stevie Ray Vaughan's stupid. He doesn't do anything original. He doesn't do, you know, blah, 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 blah. He just copies all these people. He's just a white guy making money off the blues, like all these other guys that are just copying this and that. You know, he's just copying people like Elvis Presley, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then as I grew up and matured over time, I realized, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan's just a guy doing what he loves to do. Uh, and he's happy. He was he was happy doing it. He was great at it. And that's what he loved to do. And that's all I want to do. You know, I just want to do what I love to do. And and people are going to judge me and I might and I'm not going to do it a lot. What most people probably want to do, but I'm just going to do what makes me happy. You know, so Eminem, again, you know, I, I, I can't dog on him, you know, but but as far as my favorite rappers, he lacks the real substance of of he lacks one of the big components of what I love about rap music. Uh, I mean, there's a few things I love about rap music. What's the biggest component he lacks? The biggest component he lacks is any kind of meaningful substance. How you figure? He talks about some real shit. He complains and talks about celebrities and cracks jokes. Another really important thing about rap is is self, you know, talking about yourself, being good at talking about yourself. 
And I appreciate that he he does, but he's very restrained in that area. And I appreciate that he wants to be restrained in that area. But rap music is all about talking yourself up and being the shit. You have to think you're the shit. That's one of my favorite qualities of rap music is I am the shit. Oh, so you leave know? it to the white guy to come into the game and make it self-deprecating. Yeah, I, you know, and, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that he's trying to be modest, maybe, you know, and that he's not trying to step on anyone's toes. And he certainly doesn't want to be accused of, you know, cultural appropriation. You know, I, I think. And that I don't think big... anybody could accuse him of that because he came sure. out and he was just him. Well, but also he didn't, you know, he if he if he dogged on people and and talked himself up like a lot of other rappers do, I think it would make him an easier target for that. Like, I think, you know, so he kind of. Kind of, you know, stayed in his lane. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I and and, and I it helps it. when you're with Dre. That helps out a lot. That, that helps out a lot. You don't. Absolutely. You can you can stay in your lane if you're riding with Dre. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, Is Dre the best producer ever? Oh God, I don't even want to. I don't want to say what I want to say. Say what you want to say. I hate Kanye West. I can't stand the guy, especially after jumping on the Trump train thing. Like Kanye is a despicable person. But and I, and I think he's a terrible rapper, uh, but he might be the greatest producer of all time. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. I, it it kind of got muffled. Your hand was in. What'd you say? I'm, he may very well be the greatest producer of all time. Oh, okay, you. It sounded like you said he may very well be the greatest producer <sighs> of all time. Yeah, you know, maybe uh, maybe something like that got said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're going by track record, if you're going by results, he's worth like $6 billion. Do you know that? No, I don't know. He's worth six times Jay-Z. And how? When Jay-Z is like one of the greatest rappers of all time. And like in the, the Illuminati. Legend, the legend of like rappers. But yeah. somehow Kanye West, just results, results based. I think he's probably the best producer of all time. I don't think I can argue that. I don't think I can argue that. I'm not going to try to argue that. Dre's one of my favorite producers of all time. Who who is your favorite producer? Uh, like when, you know, what what and what what do you look for? What's the thing that that hooks you from a producer? Well, uh, there's got to be amazing beats. You got to have great beats, yeah. uh, and you got to stay out of the way. So Wyclef, Diddy like, gone. Oh God. Well, no. Okay, so Daddy Puff Daddy. <laughs> you said daddy first you said daddy puff, first. puff daddy okay yeah. as i will always call him he'll always be puff daddy yeah, mama call him puff i'ma call him puff yeah he's puff daddy he'll always be puff daddy uh he, he's a he's a huge person to me like biggie was a huge because i'm from dc i'm from the east coast so biggie was my guy like he was he was the guy like he was i mean i always loved tupac i loved dre west coast snoop dogg it's all great but you know, I, I didn't choose the East Coast just because I'm from the East Coast, but I really do think Jay-Z and Biggie were like the kings, man. I really do. Like, they're clever. That's that's like the West Coast had passion and fire, you know, and and style. Aggressive. And the East Coast had like Jay-Z and Biggie. They're really clever. They're good at rhyming things that don't rhyme. They're good at getting away with whatever they want to get away with. They can say whatever they want to say. They can totally not rhyme. And it works. And you can't. You can't say otherwise. Like you can't, you know. Slick. That's uh, the word I would always use yeah. to describe. They're they're slick. They they're got slick. They're clever. They got, got slick mouth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wu Tang. I love the East Coast stuff. Uh, and and Puff Daddy, man. A lot of the, like you're nobody till somebody kills you. 
that song, that beat, mm-hmm. I, I, I forgive him for doing the prayer in the beginning and, and talking. I, I forgive him because it's amazing. But it, can you forgive him for that shit for the Godzilla movie? Sure. Sure. I can. Yeah. Absolutely. He needed money. <laughs> <laughs> he can't. The guy, the guy can't rap. Okay. <laughs> He's got to do what he's got to do. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> hey, got an empire to run here. He's one of my favorite producers of all time because of, because of Biggie, because, because they were a great team. And that's what it takes to make great music is a great team. And they were a great team. So is like, the RZA up there for you? Oh, RZA's legendary. Absolutely. I was just never the, a huge Wu-Tang fan. Uh, and, and the beats, I see why there's a resurgence of Wu-Tang because there's like a real hipster culture thing. You know, where people love retro stuff now. Mm-hmm. Like the kids love retro stuff, you know? And, yeah, yeah. And Wu-Tang, Riz's beat sounded old for its day, you know? He wanted to vinyl sound mm-hmm. in a time when we had CDs and we were like already in the fucking future, you know? And Riz had this already kind of old sound. Grimy. It had a gritty sound to it from the jump. I remember that was like sure. the first time I listened to a Wu-Tang album. I was like, why does this shit sound so old? Right. Right, we had already heard some clean CD quality shit at yeah. the time. You yeah, know, like, for sure. And Wu-Tang was kind of like, you know, a throwback. I mean, at that time when Wu-Tang came out, I mean, we were, I think J- Doggy Style was out the same right. year. So it's like, we've been listening to and Dre. And they You know, it's right. like so perfect. It's like so clean. And like, then when you hear Cream, it's like, it sounds like graded. Right, it sounds like a record player. Yeah. Like, so and, it, and for me at first that was my, initially a turnoff because uh, I was just like oh, I can't really feel this. But then at some point you got to shut the fuck up and listen. And <laughs> and then it was like for me the song that got me to listen to Wu Tang was uh, Ice Cream. Yep, Ice Cream was the song that got me to listen to Wu Tang. Butter, Butter Peak and Ricans. When I heard Butter Peak and Ricans, I'm like, I know a Puerto Rican bitch. Hold on now. <laughs> like, oh, there's, there's a lot of great Wu-Tang. And RZA is legendary, man. And, I mean, I watched the whole uh, Hulu. Was it good? I loved it. it we, we both loved it. It was great. It was great. I've tried, but we got that thing. You know the thing where it's like, you got to watch it together. And... When it, we just never we watched one episode together, and then for the past year and a half, it's been like we gonna watch that next episode of the Wu Tang thing anytime soon. So I just never, and I I didn't want to, I didn't want to get yelled at for going on because I've done that a bunch where we'll start a series and then I'm like I ain't waiting for you no more, and I keep going. And for some reason with the Wu Tang one, I couldn't do it. I just I just haven't gone back and did it. I really liked it. You know, it, I wanted to watch. It however uh, true it is, I don't care. Uh, you know, it is their past as told by them or as told by Rizzo, really. So he's great. You know, he's like super badass. Right. Uh, but it's a good show. It's it's. Did a, you, you watch know. the uh, new edition one? Uh. Uh-uh. The miniseries? That shit was great. Yeah? Yeah, the new edition one was fucking great. And after that, then the Wu-Tang one came out and I was like, oh, I gotta watch that. Because if it's half as good as the new edition one, then I know it's gonna be tight. And I wanted to see the Bobby Brown one, but like for some reason that was behind the BET paywall, so I couldn't oh, watch it. Do with Bobby Brown. Well, here's the thing: after because it's like it came, like it was made by the same people that made the new edition one, and the new edition one was so good. And Bobby Brown, of course, goes his own way. So like the that mini series was branching straight from the new edition one. So I was like, oh, I want to see the whole story because in the new edition one, when they showed um, Bobby Brown come out there with the fire hose and. Spray down Belle Biv DeVoe. I was like, oh, you got me. I'm watching the fuck out of this series. <laughs> like, 
you know, Bobby Brown being pissed off, going, these niggas need to get off stage. They over their time, goddammit. I'm Bobby Brown. Move out the way. And he get the fire hose <laughs> and he's trying to fucking squirt spray him down. And they're looking, and uh Michael Bivens is like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, like, yes, I need more of this in my life. I gotta see the more <laughs> the rest of the dumb shit Bobby was doing. So, like, I mean, new edition was my jam, like legit. Right, right. And uh so, I'll just I'll always have Bobby Brown can just Fuck well, off and die. Why? Because Whitney? Yeah. It, that's not his fault entirely. Entirely? It's not. I don't care, man. She was a national fucking treasure, Yeah, man. but she and was already. with that. She and was I'll, already on her own path before him. You can't. But if it wasn't him, then the, then the labels would have hooked her up with somebody else and she'd have got fucked up on something else. She had she had that type of personality. That, did she? Yeah. From, what from, trouble did she have before him? Plenty. She was already fucking getting like, high, yeah. getting high before him. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna put her business out in the streets. It's documented. There's plenty of documentaries <laughs> that you can watch, written by some nah, white guy. Fuck Bobby Brown. She she was a national treasure, man. She's a world treasure. She was a she was a gift to the world, man. Eighth greatest wonder, dude. She was ninth, ninth maybe greatest singer that ever lived, in my opinion. Ever, ever. I'm not gonna dispute that because Whitney is the shit. Yeah, there's a lot of amazing opera singers, you know, that are. And amazing singers, but you know, also I put I'm I'm putting this in the realm of stuff that most of the people in the world have heard. You know, there's there's that too. Fair yeah. enough. Because I mean, I'm I'm a bad motherfucker in my shower. Oh, I'm not bad. Yeah, the acoustics and shit hit right. I get that little that, that <laughs> note. The windows start shaking and shit. I'm like, I ain't gonna break the windows today. I ain't gonna do that to you windows. But then my I got a couple. Mm-hmm. Ah, one time you don't want that. You don't you don't want to hear me singing, Whitney. Ah. Bring this whole fucking you're, building you're down. You're right. I don't want to hear you singing with me. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we got to wrap up soon. Let's see. Uh, I know you've you've wanted to have this conversation for years, and we've kind of had it. Uh, greatest hip-hop verse of all time is that what you've always asked me my favorite hip-hop verses yeah i mean we've i've always wanted to talk to you about rapper Mm -hmm. and verse yeah but verse i think is i think verse is an important one man because i think we all have those verses that are just perfect jay-z is that your chick the fifth verse the fifth verse okay uh cool out homie that right the one that starts with that that uh yes that's that and here's the thing like i don't fuck with jay really heavy anymore but anyway. but for a long time, Jay could do no wrong, right? And that song was the perfect encapsulation of why I fucked with Jay. I mean, he had three verses on that song. It's a bleak song. He had three verses on that song, and they let Twister get a, a verse in, too. They gave him a hot 16. But Jay stole it. He, he went so hard that he had to have three. He had enough verses in that one song that he was able to cut everybody else out of it. And it could have just been his song because he had three verses on the motherfucker. Um, his second verse and the third verse were two of my favorite verses ever. Because Jay was at the time was taking that step to like, he's about to take that next step to really blowing up. This is around the time he's linking up with Pharrell and them, right? You got Missy on the chorus on this shit. But in that one, he gave you a little bit of that old Jay-Z style, that old Jay-Z cadence that you, you that you remember from volume two, that you remember from Reasonable Doubt. Some of that old right. cadence that he had. Because he was going, he was switching his styles up. This is right before Big Pimpin'. So he hadn't gone all the way to that fucking, I don't want to say the dark side. Because I that's I fucked with all that Jay. But he sure, was sure. he still had he still had that. 
that little glimmer of that reasonable doubt, life and times. That he had, like he still the, had some of that in him with that. Like he, 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 um, uh, like he summoned a little bit of that spirit of let me give him, let me give him some '94 one more time. You know, some of that Brooklyn's finest. Let me give them that flow one more time. And I'm going to give it to you in in three 16-bar spurts. Brah, there you go. No, no, Memph, go ahead. Go ahead, do your thing. Watch out, I'm going to do it again. Brah, here it is again. You know, like, so that one, all, all time. Um, to that point, nigga what, nigga who? That is my favorite Jay-Z song of all time. No, nothing touches that. I don't know what happened to Emil. I don't know what Bridgie threw her off of. She's gone. But that 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 one. So like I I used to be a big J fan. So I'm gonna start there. Um, Sure, we all did. Yeah, nigga, what nigga who was my? That's right here. Favorite J song ever. And then feeling it. That's on a nice. In I say in April, it's about seventy five on a good eighty degree day. Sun's out, nice breeze, roll the windows down in the car and fly down the highway. Listen to feeling it, not even fly, cruise. I wouldn't even go down the highway. I'd get on 290 heading east and just cruise 55 miles an hour to feeling it. And then hit repeat. When I can't hear it no more, then I'll turn around and come back and I listen to Mariah Carey all the way home. But <laughs> B-sides, all B-side Mariah Carey. Uh, but those three, those three Jay-Z ones uh, will forever forever have a resonate with me um meth method man met, met the man's verse in the rock in fact the rock straight up all together i love red man i was a big muddy waters fan when he did uh that muddy waters album mm-hmm. i i used to fuck with reggie noble hard man i might have been one of the only people in texas that bought the brick city album like i fucking loved red man back in the day reggie noble was my shit dude and I know he's got some verses that, and that's that's why I said like I don't remember specific things anymore. Not that I got fucked up or anything. I just I don't remember. It's been a long time. A lot of music, but from the uh, Reggie Noble definitely had some verses that the first time I heard them, I was like, I can't believe this, that that he put this shit together. And then you look at the Rockwaller, his verse and Meth's verse. That might be the most perfect hip hop song of all time. We each get one verse, give them a la, 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 cut the fucking song. It's two and a half minutes. And in, there's no fat on that song at all. Not a f- single ounce of fat on the Rockwaller. And you get the best of meth and the best of red. And it, you can't ask for anything more than that. Seriously, you can't. Um, oh, I, I want to give a shout out to X because DMX had a couple of verses. That- His first album was phenomenal dude like i really the convo was like i listened to that song like five times in a row like i listened to that album over and over again on repeat it was amazing it's dark and hell is hot was an instant like eye opener instant um I'll, I'll put this out there you will never hear me copying for any ll verse sorry I'm not copying for no ll verse ll was what he ll was a pop star man ll was for the ladies yeah. He fucking was, man. He was a boy, he was a one-man boy band. That's what LL Cool J was. And or, that's fine. Or or his or the copy of his copy, which would be Jaw Rule. You're not gonna hear me copy for any Jaw Rule. 
<laughs> God, um, you want to make you want to make LL Cool J seem cool? Huh? Say Ja Rule. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will say this: you were you uh, brought up Fifty earlier. Fifty had a song um, before Wangsta. It was a uh, Robin. I think it was like called Robin MCs or something like that. And the whole song was him talking about robbing motherfuckers and. There's something about those grimy New York dudes, like him and DMX. Anybody that gets on wax and talks about robbing people, I'm like, yeah, I fucks with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but if you talk about robbing people, I'm like, uh-huh, yeah. That's real shit. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if your thing is, you know, if so a lot of people listen to rap music and they think, oh, you know, I'm not going to listen to it if they don't really do this shit. You know, if they're not real gangsters. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. No. Whatever you say. I, I don't I don't hope that three six mafia actually beats the shit out of women. But they who, probably who do. Their hookers. Or they probably do. Maybe maybe. Okay, I, I would only hope that they don't though. You know, it's kind of one thing I love about Wu Tang is that they have imagination, and it's clear that they're talking imaginatively uh, most of the. I mean, I'm sure they say some real shit. First, be, best verse ever, and it's to the point you're making. Biggie, I got a story to tell. Right. Can't find me a more perfectly laid out mm. fucking song like. The story, the rhymes, everything. Yeah, you know, because uh, Biggie had that ability to help you visualize it. You can see what he was saying. You can see the car double parked outside by the hydrant. You can see him talking to Gloria behind the the the, the hotel desk and shit, saying this bitch don't want no problems with you, and she leave. Right? You can see the girls while you can see him shooting it out with Maxie in the hallway. You know what I'm saying? Like they laid it out so well. Sure. They laid it. He laid it out so well that you can see it, and then you're like, "Yo!" And every line rhyme, and and it was and it had a nice beat. So this is where I, I just want to bring up Eminem again. A big distinction, uh, you know, you, you Eminem is like an onslaught of words and wow, right? But Biggie, someone like Biggie, really tells a story. You know, really uses incredible words. He doesn't use the words because they rhyme well. He uses words that describe well. You know, mm. he says things like and and his his ability to write is like a great writer, is like a great storyteller. You know, he is a great writer and like Eminem lacks that almost completely as where you know, people like Method Man, even Tupac give you that visualization. You know, where Eminem gives you gratification of like, wow, that was cool. Oh, rhyming. Oh, whoa, whoa. You know, it's cool. And he all. just has some crazy shit. Yeah. And like, Sitting oh, next to Britney Spears. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Britney Spears. Oh, celebrities. Oh, oh, we talk. Oh, we talk shit. You know, like, oh, it's great and all. But he doesn't he doesn't do what you're describing. Like what you're saying right now is like what a one of the things that one of the greatest rappers of all time does. You know, that Jay-Z does. They 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 make you visualize a story and Pac makes you feel yeah Pac made you feel nobody made you feel like Pac made you yep. feel yeah like you felt the pain yeah hellraiser like the song hellraiser man like and, and it's it's fast it's upbeat it's weird it's a mixed emotion to feel the way that you feel you know from the dedication in the beginning to to on through you know like it's just it's got power he's got tupac's got power and passion yeah uh, uh we gotta get out of here. Um, I could talk. We could talk music all goddamn day. And this, we probably. So my will. favorite verses. Yes, let's hear this. I want to hear this. Twenty two twos. Yes, you, you know twenty two twos. 
Mm-hmm. And Jay-Z is not technically one of my favorite rappers. He, you know, he might be in my top 10, but he's not in my top five favorite rappers. Who's in your top five? Oh, man. Well, you know who my number one is. Yeah, KRS-One. No. <laughs> Biz Marquis. But look, KRS-One is one of the best of all time. Busy like, Bone. Uh, what? <laughs> I, lo- I mean, I love Bone Thugs. <laughs> I love Bone Thugs, but but far from far from my favorite. Look, 22-2's Jay-Z. Okay. Favorite verse. So... One that might surprise you, and I've listened to it over and over again, and I just cannot get over what a perfect verse it is, is, uh, oh, God, what's their name? Dead Prez. Mm. Pimp the System, hell yeah. Do you know that song? Mm-mm. Dude, go listen to that. Listen to the last verse in that song. Is such a perfect verse to me. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Like, it's it's... He's talking about just he's talking about the unfairness of employment. It just just life. He's talking about real life. He's talking about life like we understand it, you know, life that the life that we all know. Like it's such a good verse and it's clever and it's and it's got great rhymes, it's great rhythm. It's a real fast song. It's got like a dance beat to it. It's a weird song. Hmm. It's a funny song. I love all the verses on it, but the last verse is such a standout verse. You got to hear it. It's just really, really, it's just really great. It's really perfect, perfect delivery. And it's just talking about just, you know, uh, just really, really good. You know, the unfairness, the whole song is about taking advantage of, you know, credit card scams, you know, being a, being a criminal, being like a low life criminal. What's the name of the song? Making money. It's called Hell Yeah, Pimp the System. From Dead Press? Yeah. And it's just about, you know, like credit card fraud, tax fraud, you know, how to like make a few dollars, how to hustle. You know, it's, it's a song about hustling. Okay. And the last song is about, you know, or the last verse, he's like working fast food and he's telling you how to how to hustle, you know, in the fast food and how to get out, you know, and, and it's like, you know, it's it's just a really good, really, really good verse. It's a, and if you never heard it, I just really recommend it. I uh, will look into it. Uh, make sure you send that to me so that way I can remember the song. In fact, later on, just shoot me the video and I will check it out for sure. Uh, can I give Can I give a shout out to Busta Rhymes and Ludacris? Oh fuck yeah, dude, love it. I think Busta and Ludacris are underrated. Well, Busta is like the original fast rapper. You know, mm-hmm. he was the first rapper that like blew me away. You know, because I heard him before I heard Mystical or mm-hmm. uh, or uh, uh, the dude uh, Twister. Twister, yeah. right, 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 right. Or so. uh, it was E Forty Out West that was doing it? Right, right. I mean, I had heard Bone Thugs. Mm-hmm. But Buster Rhymes was just like ah, the like, prototype. If you're gonna do it this way, that's the way you do it. And just so musical, you know, he's like an instrument. He's, his know. voice is percussion, right? He he uses his 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 lyrics as percussion. And but he also has a sense of melody. And this is uh, I'm not trying to dog too hard on Eminem again. But why like, are you doing this to Sadie? Like, Don't do like, this to Marshall. But like uh, Buster Rhymes has like a, a melodic quality. He has a musical quality that Eminem doesn't have. The, the uh, per- perfect example so. of that is uh, "Give Me Some More." <clears throat> the way, even though we get the money, give me some more. The cash in the big cheese, give me some more. Give me some more. Give me some more. That was in the whole. In the, and he's funny and he's playful and it makes you feel good. Yeah, like that's that's uh, like Buster Rhymes makes you makes you feel good because it's so fun. It's so uh, playful. Man. He's he's had some great verses too. He's had yeah. some great. I mean, think about how many songs that. Buster just jumped on, and it was like this song was okay, but Buster's verse, whoa, yeah, whoa, 
Like he would just do features and it was like, oh shit. He made me listen to a Chris Brown song a lot. Because <laughs> I wasn't fucking with Chris Brown at all. And then it was like, oh, that's a, that, that bus of verse though. I got to kind of listen to the songs so I can hear that bus of verse. And then he made, he made Weezy, Weezy hot. Right. Yeah. Because that was at a time when Weezy was breaking out, really. And the only reason I listened is because it came after the bust of verse. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Uh, Chris, I love you, brother. I love you too, man. I'm so glad you came and we were able to do this here and have these conversations in front of the camera and shit because like, like we've had these conversations with me being drunk uh, many times and I'm, I'm glad we got to do this in clear minds and just actually just chill out and, and put this shit on wax for well, people was, to hear. It was 10 years ago that we were both drunk, both rapping Notorious Thugs. Mm. At Bender. Armed and dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it's bone and biggie, biggie. It's bone and big. Have you watched any of the verses? Uh uh-uh. You haven't watched any of the verses? You should 100% look into it. Uh, the verses. Like the uh, Timbaland and uh, Swiss Beat started it last year. And it started off with them two like playing their songs against each other. Tim would play one of his songs and Swiss huh. would play one of his songs. And they were just going back and forth battling, playing their own shit. And then. Uh, they ended up like expanding this thing and bringing in, uh, inviting other artists to do it. And then next thing you know, now it's like a whole stage show that they do like, I guess maybe once or twice a month. Last month they had uh, Three Six Mafia versus Bone Thugs and Harmony. Uh, before that they had, right before DMX died, they had DMX versus Snoop Dogg. And, what? Oh, and it, and it ended up just being like a concert in a studio where like when X was performing, Snoop started doing his backups and then vice versa, like when Snoop was performing, X was uh, in the background. It was one of the dopest things I've ever seen. My favorite, one of my favorites was like Little John versus T-Pain. And Little wow. John. No, we got to, we got to, we got to watch this. Little John murdered him and it became a game. Wow. Like halfway through, Little John was just having a game, having fun with it. He goes, oh, you gonna play a song with Pitbull? That's cool. I got songs with Pitbull. What do you think about this one? Huh? And every, everything that like, he's like, oh, you want to play a song about drinking? I got a song about drinking. Shot, 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 shot. He's just like everything. T- and T Pain was just sitting there, like all discouraged. Like I don't got shit. <laughs> and then he's like, got well, auto tune. He's like, by the way, here's you. <laughs> here's a song with you. <laughs> just yeah, like all, not all of them are great, but a lot of them are so fantastic. TMX like, and Snoop Dogg. Wow. Yeah, that was a that was a gym. I'll I'll go through and find some of the ones I think you like, and I'll shoot I'll shoot you links so you can check them out because they're all on YouTube now. Or if you have like Spotify or Apple Music, you can uh, they curated the list so you can just listen to the to the playlist song for song uh, on Spotify and iTunes, maybe Title as well. But I like to see the shit, and especially with the Snoop and the Snoop and uh, uh, DMX one. DMX looked like somebody's uncle at a at a barbecue with sweats on. He he legit looked like. He he went from, you know, buns from belly to to fucking Uncle Earl, <laughs> like <laughs> wearing a like he could have been in the sweatsuit the sweatsuit mafia man. He was just fucking jumpsuited out, and it was like dude, he got gray hairs. On was it was he wearing New Balances like you do? I don't wear fucking New Balance. I ain't never wore a New Balance <laughs> in my motherfucking life. In fact, my balance is old, nigga. Don't you fucking tell me about some goddamn New Balances. Chris DeVore, thank you so much. We're going to cut to a performance of you playing a song. What's the name of the song that you played? Uh, it's it's a it's an old Russian song called Ochichiorne, which is Dark Eyes. And uh, I put an intro in front of it. And uh, yeah, I kind of do, you know, a popular, 
rendition that's kind of my rendition of of it you know what you're our first musical guest Woo! so there, that's right there you know what you should i'm gonna get you a button you can yeah. put that shit on your yeah. strap yeah i'll get you i'll get you a pin first yeah. musical guest awesome it'll be about five years before you get it but cool, cool yeah no i'll keep it on the guitar that i keep at home cool please by all means yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. Chris, I love you, brother. <laughs> where, tell the people where they can find you. Like, where, where can they find you around town? Uh, you can, well, on, online, you can find me at Chris DeVore Music, or now I have thekaratecowboy.com. Or oh. you can email me at thekaratecowboy at gmail. So I've got the Karate Cowboy all over the place. So thekaratecowboy.com. Also, I'm Chris DeVore Music. Uh, if you're interested in seeing me live, uh, you should come to the website and send me a contact form. Get on my email list. And, uh, yeah, cause I don't, you know, on social media, it's just such a, I don't really post shows on, on Facebook and Instagram cause it's just pointless. People who want to come want to, you know, yeah. will, will let me know that they want to come. And if you want to come, let me know, contact me. Cause I, I like, I like making contact with people. I like building real relationships. You know, I don't want to just garner likes and fake Facebook, Instagram things. If you're interested, let me know. Send me a contact form. Send me a message. Email me at the Karate Cowboy at Gmail. Let me know, and I'll let you know. Any, you know, tell me when you got free time, and I'll tell you where my shows are at because I play every week. Do that, guys. Look him up. Hit him up. Get in contact with Chris. Uh, you're gonna get a taste of it right now, but uh, please, please support this brother because he is magic in a bottle. I'm trying to tell you, you're a fucking genie. You're a fucking. You're you're not. You're too but good I'm for this like, world. I'm not like Sinbad, right? Oh, you no, fuck no, fuck no, no, okay, no, good, no, good. no, no, you're more like Robin Williams. <sighs> no, 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 you're more like Christina Aguilera, genie but in a not, bottle, but not Will Smith. No, you don't, you can't. No, 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 he was cool once. Oh, for sure. Will Smith was amazing at one point. Also, Will Smith is a top five rapper of all time. Thank you guys for listening to the Gray Area podcast. You know, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I, you know, he's. <laughs> I've gotten so much flack for saying I that. I give on him a lot show. of credit, man. I give him a lot of credit. He really, and he deserves it, man. And also, he he's a happy, positive rapper, and the and and we need him. And his like, wife has amazing pancakes. Y'all looking to Jada Pinkett pancakes? Real talk. Dude, he was he was he's great. Will I Smith f- is great. Thank you, somebody. He hey, is. back. You hear that? Back's always talking about clip stuff. G clip that. Show back that shit right there. All right, we had a real musician saying Will Smith is great and shit. Was he was great? <laughs> was was Men in Black was still a good song. Um, <laughs> oh shit! We, when I say was, I meant before Men in Black. Fuck but, you! But. No, that was still because he had the alien slide with me. Just slide with me. Just slide. <laughs> we're gonna do this all fucking day. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the gray area. Um, make sure you check us out on all the social medias, even though Chris said, don't fuck with social media, social media. Don't listen to Chris. Uh, we're at on Instagram podcast, gray area, Twitter podcast, gray area, the YouTube page, please like subscribe. Thank you guys. If you're on the audio platforms, please, you know, let us know how we're doing. Leave a review, hit that like button, subscribe. So that way, you know, the next time we're going to be out here again, big news coming uh, there's going to be some changes around here. We're going to talk about it more next week. Keep an eye out for that. At the end of the month, we got Pandemic playing right here. Uh, it's going to be some of your favorite comedians from Austin playing a board game, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, here's mud in your eyes. Peace.
Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.